Chapter 5 The Reluctant Spouse and Their Emotions In this chapter, I will help you understand the emotions that your reluctant spouse is struggling to manage. As in the previous chapters, I've chosen some of the most frequently asked questions to provide clarity and insight into this area of your spouse's life. At the end of each question, I will also give you very clear and actionable tips that you can incorporate into your situation to assist you in being able to help your reluctant spouse better navigate through their disjointed emotions. It is important to mention that a cold reluctant spouse will be less likely to demonstrate any emotion other than anger or frustration. Lost reluctant spouses will most likely be more expressive with their emotions. Question. When talking about the relationship, why do you get so angry? Answer. Anger is the most common response for any reluctant spouse, especially when you two are discussing the topic of your marriage. For me, I would get highly frustrated and agitated when we discuss the status of our marriage. There are a few reasons why. Allow me to elaborate. Nine times out of ten, if a discussion was held between my wife and I about the marriage, it was initiated by her. Because of this, I would always feel as if she was forcing me to fix the marriage. As if the only thing that mattered was her being free of her heavy emotions, no matter how I felt. I felt controlled and emotionally manipulated. I would often use these faulty beliefs as fuel to keep the anger and frustration accessible. That way, my anger would be the first emotion that she experienced. I learned that my wife couldn't handle my anger and thus was more likely to back off when I gave her that emotion. My anger was my shield. My guess is that your reluctant spouse is using anger to do the same thing. Never, and I mean never, fall for that. The more accessible his anger is to him, the more likely he will be to use it as a tool to keep distance between he and you. Understand that anger is only a mask of the true emotion that he's experiencing. These are the emotions that he doesn't want you to see him struggling with. My hidden emotions were fear, insecurity, confusion, and guilt. I knew that if I ever was allowed the time to fully experience these emotions, the outcome would eventually be for me to change something to get rid of them. After all, no one likes to experience any of these emotions. My solution was to stay angry. That way, I didn't have to change. What you can do to help them. The worst thing you can do when your spouse is demonstrating anger is to fall for it, to react to his anger. Doing so will only enable him to stay angry. Instead, here are some things you can do to de-escalate the situation and help create an environment that is safe and secure. First, remember that his anger is his shield. Understand that anger is a secondary emotion, an emotion that is triggered out of a response to protect a deeper emotion. You have to understand how he uses anger in order to not be affected by it. Know that by him demonstrating anger, he is really giving you clues to something deeper. He is showing you that there is a deeper, more important emotion that he's protecting. As a therapist, one of my greatest acquired skills has been to ask the right questions. When a client is crying in the session, I never reach for the tissue box. Instead, I give them room to express their tears 
And then I asked them what those tears truly mean. Handing them the tissue is a sign that I want them to stop. Reacting defensively to their anger works the same way. Instead, give them room to emote. Then ask them what the anger means. Force them, through the way you ask your question, to go deeper than the surface. Often, they will reveal the realities of their world in a more tangible way, in a way that will lead you to the dark and hidden corners of their hearts. Question. Does my decision to love you help you or hurt you? Answer. This is a very interesting question that I think will help many reading this book. First, never second-guess your decision to love your spouse. If you have decided to stand for your marriage, you are an example of everything that is right in the world. As long as you are utilizing agape love, it will always help your reluctant spouse. Now, having said that, I do want to clue you in on a few things, some of which may come as a surprise. Your decision to love your spouse will cause a lot of pain in your spouse. As a matter of fact, if you are dealing with the lost reluctant spouse, he may have actually told you that he would prefer to let you go so that you can be happy. He may have also told you that he is unable to love you the way that you deserve to be loved and that he hates to be the source of your pain. He is kind of telling you the truth, even though it may sound like a cop-out. On a deeper level, this is what he's really trying to say without saying it. I know that I'm responsible for your pain, and that is not my intention. The pain from the guilt is at times unbearable, and I believe that it would be easier for us both to go our separate ways so that we both can be free from the pain. Remember, your reluctant spouse is interested in feeling safe and secure, so they will say and do things that reflect that motivation. The marriage has exposed their inadequacies, and in an attempt to not be exposed, they retreat. They cope, and they overcompensate. It is during this process that most of the damage to you and to the marriage is done. Understanding this will keep you empathic instead of offended. What you can do to help them. Don't be afraid to cause a little pain in your spouse. Pain often accompanies growth in life. Despite this truth, there's a right approach and a wrong approach to take with your spouse. Allow me to share some tips for helping you cause the right amount of pain without causing them to retreat. Continue to love them unconditionally. Resist the urge to love from a guarded position. When you try to love out of a defensive posture, you contaminate your love and end up giving off the very negative energy that you're attempting to avoid. Your reluctant spouse must see you loving them unconditionally on a consistent basis. Seek to find the pain points in his heart. What voids is he seeking to fill? What is he guilty for? Speaking of guilt, never fall for the guilt trip of your reluctant spouse. As a way to avoid guilt, they may project it onto you. See this for what it is, a way for them to escape the pain that is often associated with the guilt. As I have mentioned in previous answers, your goal here is to ask God to convict their hearts. Question. What's missing on the inside of you that makes you so afraid to face our hard times, but not afraid to cause them? Answer. <laughs> you know what? I like this question, mainly because these are the types of questions that help me to best shed light into the mind of a reluctant spouse. Let me start by adding this disclaimer. 
Unless your spouse truly communicates to you the voice that they are struggling with, you can only assume what they are. But even if you don't know exactly what voice they are attempting to feel, the most important thing to know is that their behaviors are driven by their voice. What they lack is what they're looking to feel, and how they go about feeling them can be a key to what they're missing. As I mentioned previously, if you can keep this concept at the forefront of your mind when dealing with your reluctant spouse, it will help keep you from getting offended by their actions. Remember, they are confused and searching for solutions, so don't take anything that they do personal. There may be a whole host of things that your reluctant spouse is missing on the inside. For me, I grew up with daddy issues and coped by seeking the affirmation of my masculinity from women. As a result, I developed my own definition of manhood, one that led me to be the type of husband that made many mistakes. My voids ran deep and impacted most areas of my life. For years, I was able to effectively hide them, that is, until I got married. When our marriage was faced with hard times, that's when my voids were exposed the most. I blamed the discomfort that I felt during these times on my wife, not on the fact that my voids were surfacing. Your reluctant spouse is most likely making the same association. As long as they make this connection, they won't truly see the causes of the hard times. What you can do to help them. Reluctant spouses get stuck in the trap of looking outside of themselves to find security and comfort. They project their issues and fears onto you with hopes that you will own them. Let me give you some strategies for managing this very fragile position. First and foremost, don't own their issues. Just like I spoke about guilty reluctant spouses projecting their guilt, they often will do the same with most of their issues. Keep in mind that as you stand, you will have to contend with their emotions as well as with your own unresolved emotional issues. I have found that most motivated spouses who are standing aren't properly equipped to do so. It is very common for standers to get so consumed with standing that they lose focus of everything else. Like you're standing on the bank of a river and the next thing you know, you've been somehow swept downstream without you even being aware of it. If you get lost while standing, you jeopardize the stand. Another very important tip is this. Make sure you are relying on God to show you what your reluctant spouse is missing on the inside. Pray specifically for that and then write down what you see. Once you have that information, speak directly to those issues when dealing with your spouse, opposed to the surface emotions that they are showing you. Question. How do you feel knowing that you have negatively affected our marriage, me and the kids? Answer. Just to be clear, most co-reluctant spouses will be beyond the point of admitting that they have had a negative impact on the marriage, you or the kids. They are more likely going to feel as if they are making a better choice and thus helping all parties involved by leaving the marriage. Not logical, but remember, they are emotionally cut off from the relationship. For lost reluctant spouses, the case is a little different. They are very aware of the damage that they are causing in the marriage, you and the kids. The guilt and frustration that is produced by this awareness is part of what forces them to be reluctant. As previously mentioned, they may even admit to you that they are the source of pain 
and may even suggest that you are better off without them because of their inability to love you correctly. Despite their sense of personal responsibility, their ability and desire to be accountable to you, to the marriage and to the kids, and even to God is where the problem resides. Because the thought of protecting themselves from the pain is more pleasurable than properly demonstrating healthy accountability, a painful process in and of itself, they retreat inward and reject you. This process then becomes its own destructive cycle. The more they become aware of the pain that they are causing, the easier it is for them to hide behind the guilt and the frustration. The more they hide behind those two emotions, the more distance they will get from the marriage. So knowing this, it is very important that you do not add to the cycle that they have trapped themselves in. Again, you have to be creatively strategic in this area. What you can do to help them. Because much of your reluctant spouse's misery is self-imposed, recognizes when and how to intercept these cycles can be a little tricky. No one gets it perfect on the first attempt, but with a little more information plus some practice, you can help them to navigate through this negative minefield. Here are some tips to get you started. Pay attention to the times when your reluctant spouse is not in the negative cycle. These will be the times when your spouse is more likely to pull you closer opposed to pushing you away. Refer to chapter one for information about push and pull of a reluctant spouse. It is in those times of them pulling you close to them, for instance, like when they open up to you about a personal struggle, when they initiate or comply with sex, when they emote in front of you, etc. It is in those times that you are to plant the seeds. I'm not saying to initiate a deep conversation about the marriage. I'm actually saying to do something completely different. In these moments, Try some of the following. Affirm them as they emote to you, making sure to validate their emotions. Allow them to express their emotions, their thoughts, their feelings to you without questioning them or refocusing the conversation back onto the marriage. Pray for them in their presence, like right in front of them. Make sure to not bring up anything about the marriage, only focus on their personal struggles. Ask questions that bypass their head and go straight to the heart. For example, if he says that he is angry with himself about the condition of the marriage, don't respond to that statement. Ask something like this instead. Are you afraid that you won't be able to be the husband that you think I want you to be? Simply listen. Show them that you can be a safe place for them to be vulnerable in. Create a habit of this so that with consistency, they become accustomed to your new behaviors. Question. Are you afraid of truly committing to the rebuilding process? Answer. The quick answer <laughs> is yes. But as you've learned through this book so far, I can't just stop there. So let me add some more. Fear is a major motivator behind most of the actions of a reluctant spouse. Whereas cold reluctant spouses may have already suppressed this emotion thus disrupting their ability to acknowledge it, lost reluctant spouses still can and often are extremely motivated by fear. For me, I was extremely afraid of committing to the rebuilding process due to various reasons. Here are three of the main questions that I wrestled with. The first one was this. If I recommit and the relationship never changes, will I be stuck in an unhappy relationship? The second one was, if I messed up once, what will stop me from messing up again? The last question was, what if I change my mind again in the future? 
As you may have noticed, each of those questions were based on the fear of the unknown. On a deeper unconscious level, these fears were actually a way for me to truly escape the painful process of healing. They kept me from facing the fact that I would need to change in order for my marriage to improve. Your reluctant spouse will most likely wrestle with these questions at some point. They are more likely to suppress them if they don't feel safe and secure enough to express them around you. It would be within your best interest to actually have them share these fears with you. The question is, are you in a stable enough position to properly address them? What you can do to help them. If you aren't, don't fret. I will share with you some tips that can help you to be fully present so that your reluctant spouse feels comfortable enough and safe enough to open up to you about the fears that they are wrestling with. The first and most important tip for you to remember is this. Strengthen your connection with God. If you are attempting to help them navigate their fears out of your own strength, you will eventually lose strength. Make sure that you are consistently connected to the source whose strength will never run out. That may seem like an obvious one, but trust me, there may come a time when you are tempted to carry the burden on your own. Secondly, make sure that you have or are in the process of conquering your own fears about the marriage before attempting to help your reluctant spouse with theirs. The worst thing you can do is distort their fears because you are looking at them through the lenses of your own fears. This is the best way to become anxious about the process. So please, and again I say, please don't do this. Lastly, understand that they are going to be afraid of recommitting to the process and that this feeling is a natural part of the reluctant process. Don't take it personal. Their ambivalence has nothing to do with you, so don't absorb it. If you own it, it becomes you. Stay separate from their fears so you can see that their fears are really a symptom of something deeper. The reluctant spouse and their emotions. Out of the questions I received that focused on how reluctant spouses manage their emotions, the five questions included in this chapter provided me with the best opportunity of painting a clear picture of the emotions that your reluctant spouse is struggling with. Use this information in this chapter to help you to not only practice empathy, but to also be the safe haven for them to be comfortable enough to become vulnerable. Now that you have a better understanding of your reluctant spouse and their emotions, let's move to discovering a more in-depth view of how reluctant spouses communicate.